Please stay calm and stay tuned. This is a post-event broadcast. Welcome to the new season of Shuttle Podcast. You're here with Mr. T.R. Kirk and Mr. Wobble U. Collinson. Well, well, well. That was a real voyage, wasn't it? What an introduction. It's slightly outstayed its welcome, didn't it? <laughs> it's over a minute and a half long. It is quite long. Um, I mean, I, we don't have that many listeners to start off with. Do you think that's put some of them off already? I think some of them have just been like, sod this. Lucky this is our middle experimental season, though, so... That's right. We're just trying anything. We're throwing things at walls. We're seeing what sticks. Will that stick? Only time will tell. We've got less, 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 <laughs> less clue than the British government. Oh, satire, see? <laughs> season three, satire. Straight into it. Bish, bosh, wallop. That's Get what I'm all about it. this season, satire. Get used to it, it's edgy. Chicken satire for dinner. Lovely. Well, we, Tommy, Tommy, Tom, Tom, are back again. Back once again. Will, it's lovely to see you. It is lovely to see you, Tommy, uh, How Tom. long's it been? Yeah, about six and a half inches in my prime <laughs> these days. Oh, it's a knob joke. It's a knob joke. We're doing jokes. that as well, are we? We're doing knob jokes, we're doing satire. It's edgy. Why not? If the last six months have taught me anything, it is don't be cautious anymore about anything because it's not worth it. It's like the early years of Ben Elton. Yes. Or the later years of Lionel Richie. <laughs> Just that's just a name, just a name. So, what have you been up to for the past six months? <sighs> Fuck all. <laughs> oh, it's uh, been it's been bloody grim, hasn't it? It has been. It's been a thing, and it, and as we record this, it is still a thing. We are recording this on the first of October. Um, it has been six months since we recorded anything. Yep. We did have an original plan that we would be back about a month and a half ago. Uh, that didn't work, mainly because Tom couldn't be asked. <laughs> Promises were made. So they were not kept. <laughs> but here we are. There we are. I mean, I've written down here, because I thought it would be a good way to, to, to welcome everyone back, the lyrics back once again with the Renegade Master, D for Damage and Power to the People. I just thought at the start I would say that, and everyone would think they're hip, they're happening. He's quoting lyrics from a house tune from 25 years ago yeah but i think we'll just cut boy slim wasn't it uh chemical brothers i think it's chemical brothers okay <laughs> i wasn't really into that scene no you were you were into the folk scene weren't you i was very much into the folk scene mid, 25 mid, years ago the mid 90s folk scene <laughs> the dorset steam festival ramblers yeah ramblers association drinking Tanglefoot. And having a rash on your belly. <laughs> anyway, um, are we going to are we going to keep the, um, uh, the the cat, the hat, and the the bat thing? I don't know because it's it's so experimental now that I don't know whether it fits into this new experimental world. It's almost like, do you know what? Well, I feel like it's almost like the slate has been wiped clean, mm. wiped clean with an oily rag, and left for us to do whatever we will with our own recordings. Well, you could you can grab your hat and put it over your face like a face mask. Yeah. You can socially distance with a long bat. With a long bat. And 
you can kill and eat your cat because there's no meat in the supermarkets. It's Shucklepod. Are we doing the music? <laughs> I thought you had it ready. <laughs> oh, here's the music, everybody. <laughs> There we go. The familiar music go. that you all love so yes. much. We need to make that more edgy as well. We need to, it should be like a dubstep version or something. Yeah, we need to re, we need to revamp a lot of the pod. Okay, that's been established. But I think I think every single feature needs to be changed. <laughs> I think we need to do it in a different venue and with two different people. Yeah, absolutely. Basically, we're going to pass the baton to anybody on Farnham High Street. Two people with talent would be a start. Uh, two people who are vaguely interested. To, <laughs> Just <laughs> we're being improved. Just willing to do it. Yeah. Um, can we just say welcome back to the listeners, though, Will? Because we've back, we've yeah. missed them as much as they have missed us. We we have missed their stony silence. And do you know what? I know that they're out there. We both know they're out there because we actually see. Um, if you can believe this, ladies and gentlemen, we can see how many downloads we get every fortnight or every month or so. And I saw a strange um, phenomenon mm. during lockdown. Mm. Suddenly, there was a spike in listens at yeah. the beginning of lockdown, very much like infections. Mm. Um, but then they gradually dropped down as we continued into what, what appeared to be a very long lockdown. But then recently, we've just seen a resurgence in resurgence in listens. I think that everyone's been stuck inside for so long; they've listened to everything else, everything on else the on internet. the internet. They've listened to the entire internet, every single podcast. This is the last thing, and they oh, sod it, go on then. They've Fine. completed podcasts, yeah, and this is the, the last thing that they could find. This is like the bonus level, if you re-listen to this. It's like the special features on Lord of the Rings. So anyway, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we really appreciate you downloading, because um, do. it really means a lot to Will. It does, it, this, is, this is all I've got. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I've, I have got quite a bit of out and about. Yes, that's because what we're going to be talking about, because we haven't spoken to each other for such a long time. We haven't. We're going to be recapping the past six months mm. for you, the listener, and for our own amusement. So please, join us. Join us. Have we got a, an out and about? We do still, don't we? Yeah. It's that, it's that blue button. Press that blue button, see push, what happens. Push. Out and about, out and about, there's a man over there and he's tickling a trout. Out and about, out and about, there's a lady over there and she's sniffing the grout. Out and about, out and about, there's a child over there who is picking a sprout. Out and about, out and about, please be quiet and try not to shout. Wow, that is quality. <laughs> Lovely stuff, isn't it? Right, right, get on with it, Well, just talk. Get on with it. Okay, so, supermarket shopping, Tommy, who did that in your family? My wife. Did you not? You sent her out, did you? You just pushed her out the door and said, you get infected. I don't want to go. Yeah, well, uh, someone had to take the bullet, didn't they? <laughs> As it turned out, And it was, it was the wife. primary caregiver. <laughs> <laughs> well, I found that I, it was me who was who was shoved out to, to gather for my family. Okay. And actually, to, to start off with, I kind of enjoyed it because there was a feeling of being a hunter-gatherer. Yeah, of course. It was a feeling of this was the end, and whilst I wasn't being sent out with a you know a crossbow to get a, an elk, 
I was being sent out to Millbrook Tesco's to see if there was any mints left. Perhaps um, an equally as hostile environment. If, if not more dangerous. And I was, I was willing to end lives. In order to <laughs> in order to secure toilet paper, yeah, in order to, in order to make a bolognese for my family, <laughs> and uh, I found that it, I found that it brought out the worst in my personality. Like to start off with, particularly in the early days when everyone was sort of avoiding each other, yeah, there was a real temptation just to barrel down the middle of the aisle and just watch people sort of throwing themselves into the fridges for cover, yeah. as, as you came at them. And I also had the urge because there was then that that sort of that feeling of gratitude towards our key workers. Yeah. And if, if you were in the supermarket when someone in a nurse's uniform or a paramedic's uniform turned up, everyone was sort of so so grateful for them. And I was thinking, I wonder if I can get hold of a nurse's outfit. <laughs> I'd, like to, I'd just like to know what that feels like to walk into a supermarket dressed as a nurse, just to see everybody... Just look at me with smiles on their faces and maybe applaud. I just But you would probably end up having to buy sort of a fancy dress, sexy nurse's outfit. So when you wandered into the Tesco's, you'd be wearing fishnet tights, a mini skirt, mm. and one of those sort of latex rubber hats. And they would have thought, there's a nurse from the sexy hospital <laughs> where sexy, sexy people go. Must be Booper. They have a, they have a sexy wing. Uh, and they, but then you know you also feel grateful for the for the people. There was uh, quite a few people who were volunteers. Do you remember in the early days? Well, yeah, you, you absolutely. Didn't go, but the, not me. Who, I wasn't one. No, not you. You you were in your bunker. I was never me. But I wasn't getting out. <laughs> it, I was locked in a wardrobe. You, you were in your panic room, with the screams of your children <laughs> being drowned out by your gramophone. But um, yeah, there were there were people who were sort of volunteering to stock the shelves and things. You just wanted to you know just salute them. They were the real heroes, weren't they? They were the real heroes, and and me, because I'm a teacher. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and then that first, the first clap happened, the first Thursday clap. Clap for the YHA. Yeah, that's right for the YMCA. (laughs) I I was doing it wrong. I did Y, and I was surprised no one else joined in. Come on, you buggers! (laughs) Someone BM. But I know the, the, when the first one happened, everyone else seemed to know it was happening. I, I, I don't know where I'd been. I did not know it was happening. Yeah, no, that exact same thing happened to me. My wife was hanging out the window, hitting a pan with a spoon. I thought she'd lost her mind. Yeah, I, I honestly thought that like some vandals had set light to our car and they were applauding it or something <laughs> in the street. And uh, in Southampton, that's, that's a honest, possibility. That's a real possibility. <laughs> I, I was quite scared. I tried to get the children away from the windows. <laughs> Yeah. Duck and cover. Yeah. Get under the table. For God's sake, it's a nuclear fallout. <laughs> and then we also found it there was um my wife, uh, God bless her, she was at her best in those early days of lockdown yeah. because she was all about entertaining the kids with themed days. Okay. And she's like, Right, this is how we're gonna get through it. We had a we had a tiger day. And there was... Uh, with a real tiger? Not with a real tiger, but we played pin the tail on the tiger and we did tiger makeup and they made tiger cakes. Okay. And there was a pirate day. And yeah. all, it, it was all sort of fancy dress and, and different food and what have you. And so I kept being sent out to the shops. Like, you were only supposed to go for essentials, weren't you? Yes. Like you was, it, was, it was... Food. Bog roll and mince. That was all you were allowed to buy. Yeah. Uh, but there I was being sent to the, the shops for, like, PVA glue... And ping pong balls, <laughs> and 
glitter. Of which there was a glut. Yes. There was plenty, <laughs> plenty of ping pong balls were available at the beginning of lockdown. Normally, if I was sent for something like that, like if I, I was sent out for like pipe cleaners and some thick card, yeah. I, would, I would have to buy some mints as well, just because <laughs> I didn't want them to think... <laughs> I've been sent out just for a theme day. Did you end up with a mince, uh, with a fridge full of mints? We ended up just having to make sort of the theme day stuff out of mints. <laughs> so whatever it was. The kids wanted to do dinosaur day? Lovely. We're making a triceratops out of mints. <laughs> and that will be a challenge. But there we go. We got time. And then, um, uh, never forget the first time uh, saw bouncers outside uh, the supermarket. Okay. So the local co-op in Shirley, which is normally staffed by absolutely delightful people, they had they had two bouncers. Well, early on, they just had this lovely, mumsy, grey-haired lady yeah. who made you think that everything was okay. Yeah. You were there in the queue like it was World War II with your ration card. Yeah. And she said, just a moment, dearie. Yes, in you come. And it was just, it was nice and it was comforting. But then she, I not she was perhaps a bit older, didn't want to be out there. Or I don't know what happened, but they uh, they then went... For someone different and the guy they went for i think was an actual bouncer because <laughs> the nightclubs were closed so he was out of work so he's he was used to like having to disarm skinheads in the middle of southampton on the door of some shifty club and now he's on the door at a local co-op yeah and he treated the two things pretty much the same <laughs> he he looked at absolutely everybody like they might be holding a shiv. <laughs> he treated you with complete contempt. He didn't say a word to you. All he'd do is he'd wait for one person to come out, and then he'd look at you and simply gesture with his head that you could go in. And Presumably he didn't pat you down due to social distancing regulations. He didn't, but he did have knuckle dusters on. <laughs> <laughs> did he have the ID card that, for some inexplicable reason, they wear on their upper bicep? Yeah, like you're going into a ski lift. Yeah. <laughs> One of those, and a bomber jacket, and peroxide blonde hair, and a tattoo. And a bum bag. Yeah, <laughs> and a bum bag in which he kept a spud gun. <laughs> and but, a library card. Yeah, a spud gun they'd put acid in. <laughs> so it was an acid gun. But it, he hadn't thought it through. They're not... It, it won't stay in there, it just... You know, Actually, funnily enough, a little-known fact about spud guns, they can also be repurposed as a water pistol. They have a secure watertight chamber inside the handle, and if you simply place a plastic cap on the end, it becomes a very serviceable water pistol. I mean, when the apocalypse does come, you know, we're thinking about it. That's the sort of thing you need to know. You can certainly use it to disperse, uh, for example, lion piss around the Lovely. boundary yeah. to stop animals ingressing your area. Or if there's, a, if there's a mob of hungry children, you could fill it with Nesquik and then like squirt it. Into their mouths. Or squirt it on one of the children so that the others attack attack yeah. yeah and whilst they're feeding you leg it you can make your getaway yeah, yeah that's, that's good that's a good thing the um the other thing we found was obviously there was uh there's a lot of time to do gardening of course there was what else was there to do if you've got a garden of course if you've got a garden and um we were still in our rented accommodation then but we 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 had a garden and we were we were sort of pottering around and it trying to make it tidy because it was only, it wasn't a very big space but it it was especially during the easter holidays our only source of entertainment <laughs> well, no, I say I, there were two. There were two sources of entertainment. One was the garden. The other was the television. I unearthed my old Xbox 360. Oh, and entertained the children by teaching them how to play computer games. Oh, brilliant! 
Un- it sounds nice, doesn't it? <laughs> what, of course, I discovered very quickly was my old computer games from my Xbox 360 are not suitable for a four-year-old and a seven-year-old. Okay, so give me some titles here. Halo. <laughs> yep. Halo 3. Halo ODST. Right. Halo 5. <laughs> it's a lot of Halo. And it, the thing is, I, I taught my seven-year-old how to do it quite well. Like, by the end, we were playing co-op. We were doing quite well. Yeah. My son would want to join in. I let him pull the trigger. Didn't let him do anything else. Okay. Because otherwise he would just blow you up with grenades the whole time. And it would be really bloody annoying. But then one day, as we were sitting down for dinner, he pretended that his chicken drumstick was a shotgun and he was using it to uh, blow up an alien's face. Right. And my wife looked at me and I said, yeah, all right. That's enough. It's time. It's time to stop playing Halo now. Okay. So I had to buy a whole load of children's games to play with them, which are incredibly dull. Okay. So give me an example of a children's Xbox 60, 360 game. There's one called Skylanders. Okay. You put yeah. A little toy on a portal, and then you play it, and the thing. Oh, it's tedious. <laughs> no one blows up. You can't. Like, there's no blood, presumably. There's no blood. If you fall off the edge, you just come back on again. You you can't chop anyone's head off. No, 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 grenades. no, no. I mean, come on. Who's entertained by that? Yeah. But, well, the other thing that happened was we would we would play games in the garden, myself and my two children, and they, those games got increasingly violent as we played more Halo. So <laughs> I, I was normally cast as the alien. Of course, because you do have the look of something that's otherworldly. I've got I've a very odd face. And, um, and my two children would pretend to be the uh, the Master Chief, and normally it ended up with me being chased around the garden, them hitting me with sticks. That's fair enough. I mean, that was their favourite game. It wasn't my favourite game. If the listeners don't remember how I've described Will's face, it's a bit like if you take one of those potatoes that's got lots of the eyes growing out of it, and then it's had an allergic reaction to a bee sting. That's exactly what Will's face looks like. It's about right. It's, I, mean, I can't argue with it's that. It's a swollen, pussy mess, really, isn't it? It's it's yeah it's more scabby now than pussy, <laughs> but you know it's healing, which which is better. Anyway, the um so we we did lots of gardening and um obviously when we when we garden, there's uh, a lot of garden waste is created, right? Like leaves, branches, etc. Yeah, and loam, loam, some loam, sure. And we had nowhere to put it. Well, no no way to get rid of it. So. <clears throat> These tubs were gradually filling up with, with this garden stuff. Yeah. Then it would rain. Then it would start to rot. We still haven't got anywhere we can put it. Eventually, towards the end of lockdown, the uh, the tips started opening again. Yes. Southampton tip opened. I loaded up the car with these stinking tubs of rotting <laughs> plant matter, and off I went to the tip. And uh, there was it was a hot day that day, and there was a new system at Southampton Tip where you had to queue along this road to get in because they were only letting like three cars in a, an hour or something. Yeah. And there I was in a car full of rotting vegetation. <laughs> it's, it stank like a swamp, but also a sewer. Yes. Like there was a, a very pungent. Shitty smell coming yeah. from. I know. Things. I actually do know the smell because I've experienced it this lockdown as well. And it's it's almost like a bad toilet, isn't it? It is. There's a, a sulfurous gas. Yeah, gassy. Yeah, it's it's horrible. Anyway, uh, finally got to the tip after about an hour and a half. Of, I, honestly, I was I was lightheaded by this point. By the time I got there, I had all the windows open, but nevertheless, the the fumes had got to me and I'd started hallucinating. And um, I got rid of the stuff. 
But of course, the car still stank, and yeah. the and the tubs themselves still had a sort of the the residue in yeah. there. The car was filthy. Decided to take it to the car wash. Okay, got to the car wash, and there's there's a it's a sort of drive through car wash where you pay sitting in your car. Yeah, and uh, got to my turn. Wound down the window to order a, a number th- a number three triple triple shampoo. <laughs> And I realised just as I wound it down that, of course, what happened was an enormous waft of the sulphurous smell came out of the car directly into the bloke who runs the car wash. Oh, it's a man, is it? There's a, there's a man there who will take card payment and, and ask what you want and then set you through the wash. And so as I wound down the window, this enormous guff of swamp gas hit him. But all the stuff was in the boot, which he couldn't see. All he could see was me sitting in my car. <laughs> and he almost fell over. And then he gave me this look as if to say, you disgusting <laughs> bastard. You've been, how long have you been sitting there in your car, guffing away like a disgusting man sewage that you are? And, um, yeah, I've never been back there since. <laughs> so that was that. Uh, what else I got? Oh, I've got a, I've got a lovely story about my beautiful father-in-law. He's oh, a, I've been waiting to hear this one. He's a he's a lovely, lovely man. He is. He's a tremendous gent, isn't he? He is. He um he kept fit during lockdown on his on his uh, indoor cycle. Yeah. And every day, furiously pedaling away on this this old uh, this old cycle. It doesn't have any any kind of um myelometer or whatever, you know, none of those sort of fancy new stuff that tells you how much you've done. So, so it's a static indoor exercise cycle. It's a static indoor cycle. exercise bicycle, yes. And um, so he downloaded an app because uh, uh, he thought, all right, well, I'll, I'll download an app and this will, the app will keep track of, of my cycling and it will tell me, you know, how far I've gone and how many calories I've burned and all that stuff. Great so idea. So he downloaded this cycle app and he, he started using it and he didn't really understand how it worked and it kept... He kept asking him these these sort of odd questions, and he would ask us. He would say, "This it keeps asking me this. It keeps I can't work it out." And we'd say, "What what is the app?" And he said, "I can't remember what it's called." And he'd been using it for about well, in fact, he'd been using it for just under a month when uh, a little notification popped up on the app and said, uh, "Your period is starting tomorrow." <laughs> And as it turned out, <laughs> it was his moon cycle. He'd he'd downloaded the wrong kind of cycle app. <laughs> <laughs> he just searched for cycle app and just tapped on the first thing he'd seen. And he said, "Like, <coughs> well, it it asked me when I started, so I thought, well, I, I guess I'll put today." It asked me how heavy it was. <laughs> And I was cycling quite hard, so I, I said, I've, I said very heavy, <laughs> consistently very heavy. Oh, no. And it's it started telling him that he was a bit worried about his iron levels. <laughs> oh dear! What a lovely story. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, my father, 
Uh, as, uh, yeah, of course. How is he? Yeah, he's been on. He's he's fine. He's he's been on good form. We finally saw him uh, after after lockdown ended, and you could see uh, see family again. We were sitting down at, at dinner for some reason. We were having a, a discussion about sexuality. Of course, as you do, having not seen your your parents for months and months, and it was a fairly frank and open discussion about you know. Modern sexuality and the way that uh, sort of young people approach it these days and how, how much it, it differs. I suggested that sexuality was more of a spectrum than, you know, binary oppositions. And my dad said, I mean, maybe you're right, but the thing is, I have never looked at another man and thought, I would like your penis up my bottom. <laughs> I said, right, okay. <laughs> Have you ever looked at another man and thought, I'd like to put my penis up your bottom? <laughs> and, he's, and he thought about it for a moment because he, he wanted to give it sober and, and careful reflection. Yeah. And he said, no. Like <laughs> that. <laughs> As if you're just cycling back through, hang on. <laughs> what about that? No, not even. No, not, not even Roger from accounts. Not even, and he's... He's lovely, lovely, isn't he? He's a very nice-looking chap. Yeah. So that was that. Well considered, Derek. Yeah, well considered. Uh, And then finally, in fact, on the way back from that very meal where I saw my parents for the first time, we uh, we decided we were going to have fish and chips for dinner. Of course, have a lovely big family lunch and then finish it off with fish and chips. Fish and chips. (laughs) (laughs) So we we got back to Southampton, went to the fish and chip shop. The fish and chip shop near where we live is a very busy road. And um, there was only one parking space, and it was a bit tight. And people were sort of zooming up and down the road, and I was trying to parallel park into this this tight spot. Now, as regular <laughs> listeners will know, I drive the pride of the south, the Nissan Qashqai. Absolutely it, gorgeous. Up. It is. Oh. And um, it has all sorts of whizzy things. It has, it has cameras, and it has parking sensors and what have you. Yeah. I ignored all of that. Tried to do it just by eye. Tried to do it old school. Yeah, I tried to use the force. Did you get your arm behind your wife's headrest? Yeah. You flip your... Can you can you look over your own shoulder? Uh, no, I can't, but I... Because your can... nose gets in the way, I presume. And I'm not very flexible, but... <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I like to look as though I'm doing the right thing. And uh, and just as I, as I pulled round, the bloke in the car in front got out. He was an angry, angry man. And as it turned out, my bumper had touched his car. Oh, no. And I had not even felt it. I had not felt it at all. But undeniably, because his he was driving a white car with a white bumper, Yeah. regular nis- listeners will know that my Nissan Qashqai is an attractive shade of anthracite. <laughs> and there was unmistakably a long anthracite scratch all the way down his white bumper. Oh, William. And indeed a corresponding white scratch down my anthracite bumper. Okay. He was effing furious. <laughs> Quite was, rightly so. He was effing... What the effing eff are you effing doing? Can't you effing drive? What the eff is the matter with you? I was sitting right there. I said, I'm terribly sorry. I didn't even feel that. I effing felt it, he said. I just, oh, I'm so I'm terribly sorry. I'm so sorry. Oh, so, I don't know what else to say. I just kept saying sorry. His wife came out of the pharmacy where she had been picking up some anger medicine (laughs) 
literally said, what the effing hell's going on here? He said, this effing guy's just scratched our effing car. She said, oh, effing heck. <laughs> Not our effing car. Can't you effing drive? <laughs> I said, we've already established I can't. There's no need to go on about it. I feel bad enough as it is. I just kept apologising. We exchanged numbers. Yeah. He said, you are insured, aren't you? I said, yes. He said, who are you insured with? I couldn't remember. <laughs> It was direct line, but they were charging me too much. I've switched to somebody else. I can't remember who it is. It's on the email somewhere. <laughs> he said, you're not, you're not effing insured, are you? I said, bloody am insured. I am. I am insured. I am insured. It's fine. Everything's going to be fine. Here's my number. How do I know that's your effing number? Well, you can call it now if you want. I promise that's my number. Off he drove with his scratched car. Right. I got back into our car. My daughter from the back seat said, Daddy, what have you done? <laughs> My wife looked sick. <laughs> I then remembered I still had to go get some fish and chips. So I went to get some fish and chips. Everybody on the, on the strip of, of shops where the fish and chip shop is, everyone had stopped to watch this encounter. Yeah, of course. The guy who runs the Indian restaurant, he said, it was only a scratch. Don't worry. It, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. I said, I don't think it's going to be fine. <laughs> not going to be fine it's going to be awful <laughs> my wife who's a bit paranoid about these things is like you know what he's going to do he's like just going to charge you for like a whole new car <laughs> it's like you're not you're not making things better darling <laughs> i'm already worried about this and you're not making things better and uh i stayed up all that night honestly i was awake all night i was so worried about it and uh next morning Sure enough, my phone rings with an unfamiliar number. Yeah. Oh, God. It's it's Angry John. His name is John. <laughs> I was, I'd come to think of him as Angry John with his angry wife. Here we go. Picked up the phone. He said, oh, hello. Yeah, it's uh, Johnny. You uh, you hit my car yesterday. I said, yeah. Yes. Yes, I did. He said, uh, you know what? I got it home. I rubbed it with a cloth. It came straight off. It was just paint. And underneath, it wasn't even scratched. You can have only just barely touched me. So look, let's not worry about insurance. You know, there's no damage there at all. Let's just let's just call it quits, mate. Yeah? I said, what? <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> what are you saying to me now? I don't... What? Is this a trap? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> are you outside my house? Have you got a gun? Oh, God. No, seriously, mate, and I'm so sorry. I was so angry yesterday. I don't know why I got that angry. I had a bad day. I'm really sorry about that. Let's just call it quits. You have a nice day. All right, mate. I said, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. I was, I had a tear in my eye. Oh, what a relief. I know, myself and Angry John, we had, a, we had a moment. We had a moment together. Was it a lockdown bonding moment? It was a lockdown bonding moment. If he'd been there, I would have hugged him, despite the fact I wasn't allowed to. <laughs> When he was shouting and swearing at you, was he remaining two metres away from you at all times? I think some of his spittle hit me in the eye. Oh, Lord. Yeah. And I felt angry ever since. So COVID I eye. He, he got me with angry eye. <laughs> your, but, your eye is looking a bit angry, actually. Is, it? still Just the left one. Yeah. Uh, it did remind me, though, of uh, when you and your family came to visit me and my family at my parents. Yeah. Uh, you in your enormous car because of your enormous family of 12. And and uh, also have a very small penis. And also to compensate for the chode that you 
<laughs> hide in your trousers. Um, and you'd, my dad had parked in behind you and we needed dad to move his car so that you could get your car out. And dad was like, I can just take it out of the driveway, Tom. And you're like, no, no, it's all right. I can get past it. No, sorry. I'm going to set the record straight here. That's it. That's not what happened, all right, William. Tell, tell, tell us what happened. Your dad moved his car and he didn't offer to go out the drive. He just pulled it back. And I said to my wife, I was sat in my car. I said, he's not left me enough room there, but I can see he's not going to move. So I'm going to have to try and do it. <laughs> out of pride. <laughs> what happened? I hit him. Yeah. <laughs> he reversed straight into him. <laughs> While he was sitting in the car. And he could see it coming. And he started screaming. He's like, no! Whoa! Whoa, Tom! Oh, God! <laughs> straight into him. Well, just like you, I've got all of the sensors on my car. I've got a camera. I've got the beeps. I've got adjustable mirrors. I've got laser guidance. Um, but it still didn't stop me hitting your father they, in the social car. They were all going bonkers as you referred straight into it. And also, I will I will point out it was particularly embarrassing for me because I've uh, known Will's parents a really long time. <laughs> and I love them dearly. But I think that I'm desperately always trying to earn their respect, especially when it comes to vehicle control. Um, but since we were very, very young, oh, yeah, I've, I've acted badly with vehicles in their eyes um and this was the last thing that i wanted to happen was for me to hit your father in his own driveway whilst he was stationary (laughs) but i hit him and i hit him hard the whole bumper had to be replaced oh you did a quid pro quo didn't you? we did we bartered it out um as you have to in these lockdown times it bought a bed off you or something was that right that's right this was before lockdown though wasn't it it was yeah yeah Yeah, i can i can't really remember facts before lockdown no, there weren't, any, there weren't any facts before. Lockdown. History has recently begun. All facts have started again. Absolutely. Oh, so there we go. So you might have noticed Will having a little burp there onto yep, the microphone. So That's because we're both enjoying um, a delicious low-alcohol beer today, aren't we? Well, yes, we are. It's, it's very and in nice. fact, this might become a regular section of the show where we review low alcohol beers oh i like that yeah I, because will of course has to drive to get to the recording venue so yeah. he can't have anything um particularly strong yeah or much of it uh will what are we drinking tonight we are drinking a beaver town nanobot which is a super session ipa with 2.8 percent so 2.8 percent not nothing not nothing but still not much not much but how would you describe it in its taste i think it's all right it's there's some um, the 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 low alcohol stuff on the non alcoholic stuff often tastes quite sweet as a sort of chemically yes. sweetness. To yes, it. I agree. It doesn't have that. It does actually taste like beer. So if you've ever tried any of the new craft beers that seem to be sweeping the sweeping the nation in yeah. popularity, it's one of those. It's one of those kin. It has a very similar taste to the alcoholic mm. brother, um, but it's quite refreshing, and yeah. I quite like it. Um, super session. I'd call it sort of like a Radler strength. How much of that would you have to drink before you actually got drunk, do you think? For me, yeah. another one. Right. <laughs> Two. Two. <laughs> it's less than a unit, this yeah. little cam. <laughs> it's um, 0.9 units, so 1.8 units, Tom what? is incapable. So let's give it a mark out of 10, because this is our first review of Beavertown Nanobot. Will, what do you give it out of 10? I'm going to give it an 8. I give it a 7. Okay. So let's aggregate those together. It's 7.5 out of 10. That's solid maths. Have we, <laughs> have we got a jingle for reviewing craft lagers? 
I don't think we have, but we can have one of the new stings. Oh, yeah, let's have a new sting. They're not very good stings, listeners. But, I mean, you know, they're new. And new is better than old. Will made these in lockdown. See what you think. Two middle-aged men who should know better. Some recording equipment bought online. And just a little bit of heroin. That's Shadowpod. Yeah. Did you enjoy that? Yeah. I mean, at least it was over quickly. Uh, Yeah, unlike my intro. Yeah. I've heard it before, and what I would say is it actually gets worse every listen. I think that will get more annoying. So if you're one of those listeners that repeatedly listens over and over to our pods, we apologise for that short section. That's fair enough. Do you want to hear what I did in lockdown? I desperately do. I didn't have a haircut. St- what? When? No, but that the hair that you've got now... Yes. That's not the same hair. No, 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 no. I'm talking about lockdown, you know, the proper oh, okay. the proper big lockdown. Okay, so you've had but it I over had, the last six months. I had my hair cut two days before lockdown. Wow. And I felt like I had won the bloody jackpot. Oh, well done. And as the lockdown kept getting extended yeah. and everyone was going, but I need to go to the barber, yeah. my hair was the exact perfect length. And i tell you for why, mm. because he'd cut it too short. Yeah, and when I got home, I was very cross, and I said to my wife, I'm never going back to that barber. <laughs> and sure enough. And sure enough, as soon as lockdown finished, I went back to that barber, and he cut it too short again. It's it's tough for you as well, isn't it? Because the top of your head is slightly cone-shaped. <laughs> so <laughs> your hair disguises it at its current length, but when it's shorter, people can see the cone. Yeah, absolutely. And do you find that people start trying to toss rings on top of it like it's a carnival attraction. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I get, I get comments. Uh, they call me Rocket Rocket Nonce. <laughs> rocket Nonce? <laughs> Sounds like uh, something you might get called in prison. Yeah, they call me Super Slapper, <laughs> Hot Fish, things like that. And it doesn't Pointy. go down well. It hurts, Will. Yeah. That's my feelings. I, I've heard you called Crayola because you look like a, a pink Crayola crayon. Yeah, absolutely. There goes Crayola, they say. Yeah. He's so cray-cray. That's what they mean, yeah. That's, when what they, mean. that's what cray-cray means. It means you look like a Crayola. I don't know, Will. Uh, I had uh, several lockdown haircuts uh, given to me by my wife. Oh, yes. Uh, with a variety of things. The last time she did it, you know what happened? She cut you? Yes, she cut off a mole. Oh, no. My favourite one. Oh, no. It bled like a mother hubbard. <laughs> Did you apply tinctures to it? It was pissing blood all over the kitchen. Oh, the God. children were screaming. <laughs> my my wife dropped the clippers in horror. I was shouting, just finish! Just finish it. It's done now. It's happened. There's only one thing worse than bleeding to death, and that is having a half-finished haircut. Yeah, I'm not bleeding to death in our kitchen with my hair looking like this. Just finish it, woman. Let it be over. So I could just like a Viking king. Yeah. But I was I was grateful because normally the dynamic of our relationship is that I have done or said something wrong or thoughtless and I'm having to apologise. Yes. And for once it was my wife who had done something wrong and I enjoyed a brief, I mean, probably about 25 minutes where I was the wronged party. <laughs> I can already tell that that's 20 minutes too long of enjoying being the wronged party. Well, it, it, it was only a matter of time before I again did or said something thoughtless and was once again, back, it was, we were back to our status quo. So, yeah, you know, but it was nice for that 25 minutes. It was, it was a nice feeling. Yeah. You know, Tommy, I've got a little, um, I've got a little game for you. Oh, have you? Yeah. 
It's called Weird and Wonderful. Okay. It's got, I've got some weird and wonderful facts here. Are you ready okay. Are we doing, is there an intro music to it? No, but I mean, you can play something if you want. I mean. Ooh. Yeah, is that it? Oh, right. <laughs> Change your key. As it stops. Weird and wonderful coming at you from a spacing future. What will you do? Was that completely improvised? Yeah. <laughs> Did you tell? I think uh, to put the pressure on you. You see, give you give you something to write. You're hopeless. But <laughs> just put the pressure on you. Make, shove a mic in your face. You're like the notorious Big. Thank you. Wow. All right. Listen to this. Okay. If left unencumbered, dogs will naturally shit north to south. That's true. That is a fact. Oh right. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Number two. What's the question? Hang on. What am I doing? Number two. Bananas are invisible to frogs. It's fact number two. Fact number three. Hagendas means belly tickle in Danish. Three facts. Why are we to tell me, Tommy, is how many of those facts are real facts? Are, are, are zero facts of those facts real facts? Yeah. Are one facts of those facts real facts? Yeah. Are two facts of those facts real facts? Yeah. Are three facts of those facts real facts? Right. This is true or false, isn't it? Essentially, yeah, but it's, but it's but it's different because it's not different. There's three. It's just it's with facts rather. No, no, it's exactly the same. Well, just get on with it. There's an element of danger because if you get it wrong, I'm going to slap you. That one of those facts is true. You think one of those facts? Is one true? of those facts is facts. One of those facts is facts. Yeah. Which Two one? of those facts is not facts. Which one of those facts is facts? A. You think A? Dogs shit north to south. Dogs shit, they line up with the magnetic parts of the earth, <laughs> the ley lines, yeah. and they shit on a ley line. So they will always, yeah, that's absolutely true. hagen I speak a little bit of Danish, and I know that that doesn't mean, what did you say it meant? Belly tickle. Belly tickle. What does it mean? It means butt rumble. <laughs> And the and the middle one was yeah. Uh, uh, bananas are invisible to frogs. That's bollocks. <laughs> I saw a frog with a banana the other day, and he loved it. Yeah, he was chomping away. The man from Del Monte was a famed um, amphibian <laughs> keeper. Okay, no, you're absolutely right. You're Thank absolutely you. right. That was the right fact. If unencumbered, though, so if you encumber yeah a dog, it won't shit off. If you itself. throw a grape at it as it. Curve, curves its arse, it can get knocked off the ley yeah. line and it will just go. Once if, it's started, it will finish. Or if you say something confusing to it, yeah. it'll lose the magnetic pulse and just shit everywhere. <laughs> but it, like a sprinkler. It does, but that does suggest as well that all dog shits are completely straight. Like No, like, it doesn't. Like the arrow. No, it doesn't suggest that. But if they're not straight, then how can they be north to south? Let's In, Imagine. Right, imagine okay. I want you to imagine, Thomas. I want to imagine a dog shit. Yes. This dog shit is almost at right angles with itself. Right. It's, it's got a, a distinct kink in it. Right. Okay, so it's a curvy dog shit. How can a curvy well, dog is shit... It, is it a curvy one, or has it got a right angle in it? Well, let's let's say it's got an absolute right angle in it. Right, so it's not curvy then, is it? All right, fine. It's, got, it's bent. It's angular. It's bent. A bent dog shit. Are you imagining a bent dog shit? Yes. How can the bent dog shit possibly lay north to south? 
Which bit points north? Right, well, why are we talking about hypotheticals? There's no such thing as a bent dog shit, is but there? But are all dog shits absolutely straight? No, you're getting it wrong. What you're getting, getting wrong? science wrong. The dog lines up north to south and then shits. Not the, the shit. So you can't use the shit to decide where north is. Oh, I see what I see what you're saying. You think that if you <laughs> So you think that Bear Grylls, when he's out lost yeah. on Hampstead Heath, yeah. he can find his way back. You can find to magnetic the north. north. <laughs> Just find a dog shit. And one end of it will be pointing north. But which end? Which end? You could follow the wrong end of a dog shit and end up on the South Pole. Exactly. Or, you know, the Isle of Wight. Or you might you might come across a dog shit that's been encumbered. Yeah, exactly. And then you're going in completely the wrong direction. And how do you know? How do you know if the dog was encumbered or not? Very difficult to tell. Texture. Yeah. The um, it does remind me of a uh, back when I was I was an estate agent once, listeners, uh, as you may know. Uh, I was an estate agent for about nine months when I came out of university. Why would they know that? Uh, because let's they face know it, you. Quite a few of our listeners <laughs> actually know me. Um, yeah, so I had a temp job in London, the office boy in a in a in a posh estate agents, and um, one of my tasks was uh, actually it wasn't one of my tasks, but one thing that I was made to do was take the boss's dog for a walk, and I felt like I couldn't refuse because I hadn't done anything else all morning, and after all, I was getting paid for it. So I went, oh, okay, yeah, sure, I'll take the dog for a walk. It was a little sort of handbag dog kind of dog and i was given some uh some poo bags and sent to wander around holland park uh with uh with this little dog and sure enough the dog had to perform and i thought oh, all right so now not only have i taken my boss's dog for a walk i'm gonna have to pick up my boss's dog's shit yeah and sure enough the little thing crouched down and proceeded to produce an enormous Pile, not an enormous pile, an enormous pool of diarrhea. <laughs> About right. the size of a frisbee. <laughs> and this was this was not even in a park where it could be covered up. This was on a street. On a street. This pile pool of dog diarrhea. <laughs> how how do you go about trying to get that into a, a dog poo bag? Yeah. What can you do? Do you know what I ended up doing? Just leaving it. I put my hand inside the dog poo bag <laughs> and then used my hand to sort of skim the dog diarrhea into the gutter. Okay. I was like that, across across the street. So, sort of sluice it across the pavement. Sluice it across the pavement. Do you think that worked? Uh, no. No, it didn't. All that happened was that I spread it across the pavement. <laughs> <laughs> so as it started... The diameter of a frisbee, <laughs> and ended up the diameter of a small trampoline, so that if you were walking on the street, you couldn't possibly <laughs> not tread on it unless you got onto the road. And what's more, whilst doing it, I kind of looked like uh, I was doing it on purpose. <laughs> so I, I like some sort of terrible, dirty protest. Well, or or some sort of artistic uh, kind of statement. There I was in my shiny estate agent suit. <laughs> With a massive tie on. Sweating and uh, just gently just spreading dog muck across the street. Brilliant. Um, I didn't go back. <laughs> Slept with the dog. No, I let, I let the dog off the lead. I just thought, <coughs> let fate decide. <laughs> and I, and I, and 
I walked I walked to Southampton and that's how I got there. I just, and he stayed there. Yeah, I haven't been back to London since. So, uh, the only I've got a little bit more of a shit story. Go on then. So, we moved. We moved in lockdown, which was uh, hard work because we had to do it all ourselves. Uh, and one of the first things we did in our new house, we cleared the front garden, laid down some lovely gravel. Oh, yeah. It was, it was, the front garden was completely overgrown. There's a massive hedge, there's a great big tree there. We got rid of all of that, cleared it all out, leveled it all out, put some gravel in. Nice low, low maintenance thing to have the front gravel and a few pot plants, you know, yeah. lovely. Do you know what we did? What did he do? We created an enormous cat litter tray. Yes. <laughs> That's what we did. <laughs> the local cats could not believe their luck. They, like they someone were, installed a giant luxury toilet yeah, on their avenue. They were delighted. <laughs> and you remember we had problems with cat shit. Oh, I remember. In the previous house. And there was something about the cat that started shitting now in the new house that made me think, it's the same cat. <laughs> He's followed us. It seemed to have his his signature. Because you didn't move that far, did you? No, we we moved only only a couple of minutes walk away, really, from our old house. And so, have you seen Jaws Four? Yes. Where the shark follows them to the Bahamas, <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. I think on the day we moved, the cat was like right, and they centered us, centered us to our new house. And then it must have thought when it saw us clearing the front garden, laying down gravel, they want me to. <laughs> <laughs> thought bingo. Yeah. I caramba. <laughs> Lovely stuff. But can I just ask this question? Because yeah. this is quite important, listeners. Did that divert the cat poo from the back garden where you have the grass and the sitting area and the barbecue and the fire pit and mm. whatever else you've got out there? Jacuzzi? Jacuzzi. Uh, one of those swimming pools that you can where you can swim against the flow. To, oh, yeah. To Training pool. Training pool. Sex swing. We've got his and her sex swings, yeah, which, which actually, now that I think about it, you know, doesn't work. It doesn't work. You're supposed to be on the same one, as it turns out. <laughs> we were on those for ages. Getting, it's just not working. Getting cold. <laughs> My wife said to me after about half an hour, she said, how does this work then? I said... Give it time, love. I, said, I, don't, I don't know, but I mean, I've ejaculated three times, but... <laughs> I've had to work quite hard on it. <laughs> it would have been easier. I've just done it inside. Like normal. But, I mean, I guess. But they cost enough, so you've got to use them. You have. Yeah, and the kids can use them as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> just, for, just for leisure. So, you know. <laughs> uh, but did it divert the cat shit from the back garden to the front garden? No, our neighbours cat shits in our back garden. Oh, God. And a different cat shit now shits in our front garden. Have you ever garden. witnessed it? If I ever witness one of these cats actually shitting there, what I'm going to do is I'm going to run out, I'm going to grab the shit, I'm going to force it back inside the cat. <laughs> do you have an? Imp- do you have something near the back door that you can lob at it? Uh, I'd f- try and find an old cricket ball or paperweight. Well, it, one thing that did happen during uh, lockdown was that we uh, we bought some Nerf guns. Okay. So I could I could hit it with a Nerf bullet. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> because I got quite accurate hitting my children with Nerf bullets. Nerf bullets are known to be um, humane, aren't they? Uh, yeah, it would give it enough of a shock to stop it shitting, but <laughs> not enough of a shock to make it shit more. Yeah, or kill it. Or, or kill it. Which, of course, isn't what we're condoning here on we the podcast. We don't want you to kill cats, but if you can put the shit back inside, then <laughs> fine. the fine. Um, when we 
when we first, I mean, when lockdown first got to us and we had our first inter-family nerf war in the house. Yeah. My wife and both of my children ganged up on me. Yes. Because I was better than them. You were better than them. I was better than them because I'm a good shot. Right. And What are the rules of a nerf war? Can I just ask? You just have to shoot each other with the guns. What happens if you get shot with one of the foam bullets? It hurts. <laughs> okay. Um, and uh, I, was, I was holed up in the sitting room. I'd made myself a bunker right. by pushing the armchair next to the sofa. Yeah. I had a good range of fire. Yeah. I had a, lo- I had a load of bullets. Yeah. I, was, I was settled in. Okay. And I heard my wife just outside. They were, they were getting ready to rush me. Okay. They'd come in one at a time. Each time I'd beaten them back with a hail of bullets. Yeah. I tried to get them in the face because that hurts more <laughs> and they retreated quicker that way. So I found that face or neck yeah. were the best things to aim for. Yeah. Or... But if it was my wife. Yeah. That's what I was aiming for. Large target. But, or boob. <laughs> if you can get her on the boob, that shocks them. Again, they, they will beat a hasty retreat. So they had a couple of forays. I'd beaten them back. They were all going to rush me all together. And I heard my wife say to my children, remember, he's not daddy. He's the enemy. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. The bloodlust had descended. <laughs> She had started that day going, well, this is silly. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> then the first time she got shot, she picked up a gun and just went berserk. So how are these guns powered? It's just air, isn't it? I don't know. You know have you ever fired a Nerf gun? Yeah, I've seen a Nerf gun, but you can get advanced Nerf guns with multi-fire it, and Yeah, it wasn't like a Gatling gun. They're all, they're all pistols, single-fire pistols. Okay. You sort of cock so you, it back and then... It's quite satisfying. <laughs> and you, were, you had a sort of stock of bullets. I had a stock of bullets and I had the patience to wait. <laughs> You were playing a game of attrition. That's right, I was. Um, well, congratulations for winning the Nerf battle against your young children and Thanks fragile very much. wife. I've got another little activity for you, Tommy, if you're ready for it. I'd love it. And would you like a bit of music to... Let's, oh, let's have a bit, sure. Let's have one. Let's have one of your terrible stings. Okay. When I go to church, it is in search of other gods. When I drive a scooter, I always tutor other mods. When I'm in the gym, I skim a look at other bods. But when I want a laugh, I'm in the bath with shuttle pod. Yeah. In the bath with shuttle pods. In, that's where you should listen to this. For primary, premier listening... Get in a bath. Get in a bath, but don't have the radio next to the bath, and certainly don't have it plugged in. No. And don't try to operate heavy machinery in there. Uh, don't fill the bath with baked beans. Unless it's for charity, of course. Don't put your willy in the taps. That ends badly. For both you and the taps. <laughs> that's, that's my experience. Uh, this little game, Tommy, is called How Many? Two. No, just <laughs> Wait. Tommy, how many standard British frogs do you think you could fit in a telephone box? That is my activity for you. Right. Is it standard British frogs? Standard British frogs, standard British telephone box. Right, okay. If you want to know, the telephone box I'm talking about is the K6. Okay, because I do actually know the answer to this, but only if it's a French telephone box. Oh, well, there you are, you see. I'm talking about a, a K6 red, old-fashioned. Yeah, British I know what you're talking about. Box. Well, so a standard British frog. How many can you get in? That's okay. my question. Is this the mathematical answer, or someone actually done it? I no, I, I have worked it out, but I haven't actually done it. Okay, so you use maths to to work it out. I have used math skills. Okay, is it an average-sized frog? It is an average-sized frog. Okay. Here we go. I'm just going to work it out on the fly. Yeah. 
Now, it's probably important to say the frogs are lying down. So, okay. Because if you think, I was trying to work out the the volume of a frog. Yeah. And you know, people always say, you know, with the internet, you've got the answer to every question yeah. on your fingertips. Do you know what the an- there isn't an answer to? What? Uh, what's the average volume of a frog? Okay. That, that answer is not on the internet. Okay. As far as I can see. I don't believe you, but that's fine. Well, if anybody can find a place on the internet where they tell you the <laughs> average volume of a frog, I'm all ears. Bring it on. I spent ages today. Couldn't do it. Okay. So I thought, right, the frog is lying down. Okay. How does a frog lie down? Well, so its belly is resting on the floor. <laughs> its <Right>. legs. <laughs> like that. Where are its legs, though? Because the legs are a big part of the animal. Where are but the it, legs? It's, it's on its haunches, but down. <laughs> down. Like a... <laughs> so there's, so you're, what you're saying is the gap between its belly and the ground has been absorbed into the volume. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So it, it, is, it is like a deflated... Okay, like I, a, I was, look, we're getting bogged down in the technicalities ball, here. Like a deflated ball. Okay, 864. 864 frogs. Yes. You're not quite there. Do you know how many it is? 1,200. So, a K6 phone box is two and a half metres high. Yeah. By one metre, by one metre. Yeah. That gives it a volume of two and a half million centimetres squared. Right. A frog... The average British frog is nine centimetres long, four centimetres wide, two centimetres high, when lying down. Right, okay. You've got to get it to lie down if you want to admit <laughs> I can't stress that enough. This isn't going to... If you're thinking about doing this at home, you've got to get the frog to... Do you get it's them to not, lie down before they go in? It's or? not my job to tell you how to get the frog to lie down. You're going to... I've done enough work here. The way I... You people... God damn lazy. I can't do everything. If you want to test this out yourself, then you work out how to make your fucking frog lie down, all right? You work it out. Tell me how. I don't know. I don't know. There are some things I don't know. Get it to lie down. You'll find, if you do, if you can manage that, that it's about nine centimetres long, about four centimetres wide, about two centimetres high, which means, Tommy, that your average frog has a volume of about 72 square centimetres. Okay. Earlier, I tried to work it out using centiliters, because <laughs> I thought that a liquid measurement would be better. Okay. Because, of course, how you actually work it out, would you would drop the frog into water yeah. and yeah. see how much water it displaced. The problem is frogs never ne- go near a body of water, do they? Well, I think some frogs do, but that's not the point. <laughs> And of course, if you do manage to do that, drop it into the body. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if it's lying down then. Exactly. It's going to disperse exactly the same amount. Yes. What's the fucking answer? <laughs> so 72 goes into 2.5 million, 34,722 times. So your answer, eight, what did you say, 850, was out by a little bit. That doesn't sound right to me. You can fit almost 35,000 frogs in a phone box. No. Now... My question for you is, A, where are you going to get them from, Tom? Have you thought that through? Well, the frogs. Where are you going to get nearly 35,000 frogs from? The market. The market? Are you mad? What market? Where you buy your beans, grow up. Sorry. But what you can do, I saw a thing. Now, I'm not sure if it was America or Australia. I've got a feeling it was Australia where they had a plague of frogs. 
Right. Possibly toads. It might have been cane toads or something like that. Do they fall out of the sky? No, I think they fucked each other. and oh, Just the normal way. Yeah, just the normal way. And uh, and they were a, a massive pest. <laughs> <laughs> and, they, okay. and they had thousands and thousands of them. Yeah, yeah. And you know what they did? They scooped them up. Put them in a phone box. They blended them. <laughs> no, they didn't. They did. They blended them. <laughs> no, they didn't. Yeah, I'm going to find this now. They did. They blended them and used them as manure. Oh, Christ. They blended all these frogs into this sort of green-brown slurry and spread it on the fields. I was having quite a nice time until we got into this territory. <laughs> Just tell now, me the measurements of the phone box again. Two and a half metres. Yeah. Okay, so that's 250 centimetres, isn't it? Yeah. By 100 centimetres, by 100 centimetres. Yeah. So you times 250 by 100. And two and a half million. Yes, that's what I said. Yeah. The frog, nine centimetres long, four centimetres wide, two centimetres high. Nine times four times two. 72. 72. Divide two and a half million by 72, and you get the number of frogs. Doesn't sound right to me. <laughs> it just doesn't feel right to it you. It doesn't. It doesn't feel right. So, but my point is. Yes, please. If you blend them. You could probably fit more than 30. No. Why? Because they would fill up the gaps, the edges. No, well, no, that's that's not the way you worked it out, though, is it? You, that's not the way I worked it out, but still. You'll say, that's, if, you, if you blended them, you could definitely get 34,000 in. In reality, if you didn't blend them, because they're unable, you're unable to keep them all flat on their stomachs, then right you could get less in there. If they're probably dead. about 800. If they're dead... Because they're yeah. soft and squishy, yeah. I reckon they fill in the gaps. If they're alive... Sort of like making uh, foie gras. Yeah, or a lasagna. <laughs> but if What's they're a alive... horrific thought. I hope there's no children listening to this pod tonight. If, there if, shouldn't be, because I've they're said, alive, If they're alive, how do you get them in there? Do you think you can entice them in there? Yeah, fill it with flies. Easy. Fill it with flies. Bam. How do you get the flies in there? Easy. Fill it with aphids. What do aphids eat? Leaves. So it's full of leaves. Yeah. Aphids eat the leaves. Yeah. Flies eat the aphids. Yeah. Frogs eat the flies. Exactly. Job done. I was Easy. thinking about singing a song to them, like the Pied Piper family. <laughs> <laughs> Come, froggy frogs, into my box. Well, I've got I've got a track that would go with that. Oh, have you? Ready? Yeah. Make oh. up the song with this. Am I waiting for the beat? I hope so. Oh yeah, I've got a K6 phone box, fill it with frogs, here we go, this is where the beat comes in, drop it, bring the frogs, bring the frogs to me, now I want some frogs, I want your frogs, get them in my phone box, it's a K6, it's two and a half metres tall, one metre by one metre, two and a half million centimetres cubed, yeah. Rewind. <laughs> oh, what a song, Will. That was good, wasn't it? That could potentially chart. I panicked for the first bit and just shouted, get some frogs. <laughs> <laughs> After that, I calmed down and realised I could do it. You sort the, of calmed um, down a bit there, didn't you? When um, when I was researching this whole this whole frogs on a phone box thing, do you know what I came across? Your came P45? Across, well, that was, was that. <laughs> and also uh, an article called... How to get the upper body of a burrowing frog. Right. There was, I, of someone at a Muscle and Fitness magazine, 
had, had run out of ideas. Okay, yeah. And had decided that the strongest animal pound for pound was a burrowing frog. Okay. And had tried to replicate... The a, training regime. The training regime of a burrowing <laughs> frog. In order to get the upper body of a burrowing frog. And it, it, had a, it started off by saying, well, look, obviously the best thing to do would be a lot of burrowing. <laughs> but if you can't do that, then there's some things you could do at the gym instead. <laughs> I think I think that was a, that was a definite like lockdown article. Yeah. <laughs> Just like two months into lockdown. <laughs> oh God! Everyone's at home. Everyone's bored. Everyone's read all of my articles. I can't talk about deadlifts anymore. Oh, burrowing frogs. Yeah, sure. Yeah, all right. Let's go for that. Bang out five hundred words on burrowing frogs. Well, that uh, was a, oh, that was a quite a harrowing game yeah. for me. Uh, well, expect one of those every week. <laughs> Uh, what type of animal can you liquefy to get it in a K6 phone box? Yeah, there you go. Well, there you go, listeners. Um, that's oh, that's exhausting. pretty much it, isn't it? I think that's it for this week. I've said virtually nothing on this pod. That's, um, that's probably best. Isn't it, it is, isn't it? Yeah, just keep it to a minimum. But I've enjoyed it thoroughly, and it's great to be back um, within two metres of you, Will. It is, yes, it is nice to both sense your musk, but also to feel it. Yeah. Despite there being a perspex screen between us, um, I keep catching a glint of his greasy little eyes. Um, and it's quite magical, listeners. It's been nice to be checking you out for the last hour. Thanks, mate. Mm. I've been working on my downstairs area. Have you been burrowing like a frog? <laughs> Just painting the cellar. <laughs> Lovely. Uh, and remember, listeners, if you do get trapped inside a car, beep the horn. Eventually, someone will be attracted, come over and, and yeah. sort of knock on the window and go, you're right in there. Uh, but not if your car falls into a body of water. You have to wait for the pressure to equalise and then open the door. That, Can you not beep right? the horn on the way down? Well, you could, just for the, <laughs> while you're waiting for the car to fill up. Might as well. Well, I'm going to have to wait. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I haven't used this horn enough. And frankly, after the car has sunk, I won't get to use it again. As you slowly sink to the bottom of the lake, yeah. and you look, you look onto the bottom of the lake, and you see there, on the bottom of the lake, thirty-four thousand frogs lying on their bellies. <laughs> well, it's been an absolute pleasure, listeners. I hope you've enjoyed it, and we will be back again soon for another episode of Shuttle Pods. <laughs>